Podtron. This podcast is part of the Podtron Podcast Network. For more, visit podtron.wordpress.com and Podtron Network on Twitter and Facebook. This was Rad. I'm Paul. You don't know my artistic vision! I am Greg. I want to remake Friday the 13th, but it's all underwater and it all stars sharks. Where two guys force themselves to watch movies from the 80s. Hey, have you seen Vision Quest? I sure haven't. Hell no! Alright, let's talk about it. The only thing that's missing is America built a wall. There has to be someone from Ford who went down and went, So, um, what, what happened here, Bob? It's a movie called Red Dawn. Wink, wink. Wink, wink. <laughs> I'm going to start this again, and you're going to edit this out. And this is This Was Rad Podcast, podcast where we watch 80s movies, talk about them, tell you if we like them or not. I'm Paul. I am Greg. And this week, we're going to get kick it right off. Uh, we This is actually a movie we've been planning to do, I believe, since February. Oh, for so, for so long. Uh, <laughs> at Terse Tale was nice enough to give us some money on Kickstarter. And yeah. uh, a Kickstarter. What the heck am I talking about? I'm going to do that again, and you're going to cut that out. Uh, at Terse Tale was nice enough to give us money on Patreon. And um, he chose Young Guns. Sweet. And uh, we have, uh, like you said, been promising we would get to this. And you know what? We finally did. So here we go. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I'm kind of glad that we finally did. Um kick it right off not even about the movie but just in in general for myself um billy the kid was always a big character in my life that i um i kind of followed i did multiple book reports and and things like that um i remember i believe it was uh sixth grade uh we actually had to do like you would like pretend to be a character and you'd come oh, in yeah okay yeah, into the classic, room and classic thing yeah, yeah. uh and talk as the character and uh, I remember it only because I, I did Billy the Kid and I'm talking about stuff. I'm talking about, you know, like what happens, uh, you know, at the uh, the Lincoln fight and about his mother and, and some other stuff. And, and I just remember I got to the got to the end and I was like, the, you know, does anybody have any questions for the kid? And uh, this girl up front just goes, did you mean to drop your note cards? And I, I had apparently memorized everything, dropped my note cards and they were like scattered across the floor. Mm-hmm. And I just. I just had to like embarrassingly pick them up with with the bowler cap. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So I was that's just always like... that's always great after you've done a successful thing. <laughs> right at the end, you know, the yes. last thing everyone's gonna remember. Yes. Just absolutely ruins it. That's, <laughs> that's the best feeling. I was like, ah, I'm, I'm more of a Charlie, less of a Billy. <laughs> Which I have comments on later on. Uh, oh, oh, I'm very curious how you're going to see this film because I'll, um, we're going to get into how exactly I, I see it. Well, yes, Greg, Billy, tell you Billy what. the Kid, yeah. one of those, I mean, as second film we've done involving Billy the Kid, first being Bill and Ted's excellent. Adventure. Yes, yes. We'll have to compare uh, portrayals. 
<laughs> Billy, now, now, Billy the Kid was was a figure that loomed large if you were a child of the 80s. He was one of those just a group of sort of historical figures that pop culture just kept going to. Yes, very much Billy, so in the 80s and, and early 90s, for sure. I mean, now, there there is, of course, the most famous episode of the Brady Bunch involving Billy the Kid. Mm. But uh, so uh, he he's kind of persisted. I'm going to guess as of now. He's probably not that prevalent in anything. Um, I think he's still, you know, I think he's still somebody that if if you ask somebody if they know the name Billy the Kid, I think he's still around. I don't, I don't think people really like know the details of him, like his real name, um, you know, William Bonnie or any of that other fun stuff. But um, I think Billy the Kid as as a historical, you know, cowboy, you know, um, of the West, I think that's still probably pretty prevalent as far as the name goes but do i think people are doing book reports on him probably not i mean I, I, you know now they're all doing him on on snoop dogg and and lil wheezy which by the way i would i would really love to see my very very suburban white high school where most of the students are just doing book reports on jay-z or lil wheezy i think it'd be hilarious uh yeah yeah i mean as sort of the, the, the pop culture, I guess, moves away from certain things, you know, you've got, I feel like the 50s, you were at like peak Western interest. Oh, John Wayne and yeah, and yeah, all that. yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, Clint you've, Eastwood. Got, you've got all yep. that stuff. But even like, like Disney was cranking out, you know, their, their bread and butter at that point was sort of, uh, like, you know, Daniel anything Boone. that was frontier era America, you yep. know. Sure. And and uh, as as time went on, you know, we did have that weird resurgence in the '90s with like Tombstone and Wilder. Well, that's kind of, it. Kind of kicked off and, with and, this movie. And it though. looked like westerns were maybe going to make a comeback, and they kind of yep. never did, which bummed me out because the western genre, if done right, I'm I'm kind of the same. I feel the same way about horror movies. If you nail a western, it's going to be a magnificent film. It's going to be one of the best. Yep. Yeah, and a lot of times they're not, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah, I, I would say that Young Guns, the first one, I mean, came out in 88. I can't think of anything before that that no, was very popular. But this kind of launched into that tombstone and, and kind of thing. And then I think it kind of, I think it crescendoed with Deadwood in the late 90s, early 2000s on HBO. Yeah, I would, I, would, kinda, I would agree. But then it kind of fell off. I think. Yeah, and now every so often you get a Western and you're just like, oh yeah, a Western. Oh, yeah. yeah. I remember these movies. It, it, even the most popular Western show today, Westworld, knows <laughs> it can't stay just the West. <laughs> no, no, no. Smart move, by the way. Yeah, um, yeah. One season anyway. in, where are we going? Anywhere but the West. <laughs> anyway, yeah, anyway. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised they didn't just go like, you know, Westworld was good. Let's just do Future World. Uh, yeah. Let's just stick with let's, that. Let's just do any world. How about all worlds? Any world. <laughs> Any world. Are you, are you, have you been watching Westworld at all? I have I'm, not. I am very no. behind. No. Um, I, I've, I've taken, I've taken the mindset of Game of Thrones, which is I watched the first four or five seasons pretty religiously. And then it's like, you know what? It's, it's a year and a half between seasons. And with the advent of Netflix and, and Hulu, I'm just gotten to the point where you're like, you know what? I'm just going to wait for the series to finish and then I'll just watch it all straight through. And then I don't have to worry about waiting that next year so um as soon as as soon as westworld finishes up in like um it's hbo so it could be three years it could be 14 
I was going to say it's going to be it's going to either get canned this year or go for 10. So That's it. That no is the between. HBO formula, right? It's it's the HBO formula. It's yeah. Deadwood I think was what four seasons, Sopranos, seven seasons over 14 years. It, it's it's very weird how the their shows work. But that being said, Greg, let's just yes. get into the heart of asking the question. Was Young Guns 1 in 1988 rad? Well, this is one of those movies that I, in in the sort of canon of 80s pop culture, this movie loomed very, very large. This was a movie most people I knew had seen. It was a movie that was brought up, not brought up sort of as much as like maybe a Star Wars or a Ghostbusters, but Young Guns was definitely, I'd say like maybe third tier rad yeah. in sort of the pantheon of rad movies. I would agree. Um, uh, I, I will give a couple of quick stats. This movie was a very big success, uh, which is why it spawned a sequel. Uh, it was very, very popular when it came out. And this one had actually escaped me until, I don't know, sometime in the early 90s, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, what all, what I always remembered was that it's like a, like a ragtag group of kids that are being like raised correctly by this one guy. Yep. And yep. Uh, I always remember that drug scene when they take peyote. Yes, yes. Because initially I had a VHS player, and when they started talking in like slow motion, I thought my my machine <laughs> had broken or the tape was screwed up. Which and did I was happen. Like, what is happened happening? all the time? Yes. And because it, it it's not like one character is like that, and it's a long scene, a very long. And I was scene. like, you know what? We're just gonna ride this out. We're gonna see what happens. <laughs> sure. Um, uh, what else? Let's see. Big scenes that I remember. Uh, the whole scene at the end when uh, uh, in when they're in the house and it's like oh, set Sweetens, on fire yeah, and they're Sweetens. surrounded by the military. Yep, yep, yep. And I always remember him at the brothel talking to that guy who's like, "Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna hunt down and kill Billy the Kid." Yes. And yeah, it's like yeah. that long scene where he's like, "Oh, I see him! I see him! Look!" And he's looking in the mirror and stuff. And uh, the guy's just like one of the dumbest guys in the world because he doesn't get the like eight incredibly big hints that Emilio Estevez is laying down on him that, hey, look, it's me, I am Billy the Kid. Like, it's really stupid. Well, I'm looking for Uh, Billy the Kid, and you look like you're older than a kid, so... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for me, um, for me, again, I had such a fascination with Billy the Kid in the first place. Um, I didn't see this movie in the theaters, but I want to say, like, as soon as it hit Blockbuster, um, I, I rented it the first weekend it was available, um... You know, I got there, like, early after school. I watched this a whole bunch when I was a kid. Um, And the fascination for me was just, here's this character who I think, you know, kind of embodies what a lot of kids growing up, especially in the 80s, into the 90s, were looking for. They were looking for that person that would strike out on their own real young, and and they were kind of the renegade. They didn't let anybody push them around. Um, So for me, you know, some of the bigger scenes that I remember are the scenes where he's kind of almost like a little bit more giddy and insane, you know, like the dinner table scene with, um, with, uh, Charlie Sheen. Right. Um, right. You yeah. know, he just wants to eat and he's like, I could have killed you. And he's like, I, I, I also have a gun pointed at you. Uh, you know, right. things like that. Um, when he's in the bathtub and he's reciting the letter to send to the president and he, and he's like, Oh yeah, this, you know, and I, right. I will surrender myself. And then it gets, and then it gets to the end of the letter. He's like, P.S. You can suck my ass. Ha 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 ha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Classic. <laughs> and I always thought, I always thought, 
he, he it was just so poignant as to what that character was which is he just doesn't care he's gonna do what he wants and he kind of embodies you know the, he also embodied kind of that mentality of the west as well which is they're all a bunch of renegades they're all a bunch of you know flying off the cuff cowboys that shoot a lot of people um cattle rustling and sheriffs and bounty hunters like the, it, his they, story encompasses everything that you think about the west and they cram in every trope that you can think of from the west they they went down the laundry list of 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 things and they were like cow rustling check you know <laughs> shootouts check uh, heading down Mexico way, check. Um, <laughs> going to a brothel, check. Like, it was just, it, literally, it's the only thing I guess they, they, they had moved away from at that point was just painting Native Americans as, like, ruthless, bloodthirsty savages. That was, like, Which, the only thing they were like, you know what, we we realized that was, that was our bad. So we'll actually have them be in the movie, but doing almost nothing. Um, well, I mean, they kind of addressed that a little bit with uh, Chavez's story there. Um, they they we'll they, it, they but... mention it, but he's he's painted as a sympathetic figure. Where yes, yes, you know, yes. thirty years ago, um, no way. <laughs> yeah. So um, I think you know that's for me. I think that's that's about it. Why don't we uh, why don't we get started here and get right into Young Guns? Um, I'm leaving right now and uh, want to know what to look for in case I run into him. I'll come back and tell you. How's a good looking kid? Away with the women. <laughs> Dresses like a dandy and he's a left hander. People say he's fond of whistling sad ballads. Now, uh, you get out there in the street and you see somebody that fits that bill, well, you just come whispering to me. <laughs> okay. And um, the movie starts I'm, out... Oh, hold on, hold on. I'm going to say we were just played in by the sweet, sweet sounds of a, a certain Bon Jovi song. Oh, we're going to go with Bon Jovi. I, uh... It, I forgot about that. I was going to go uh, with Warren G's regulators. <laughs> right, of course. So tell you what, why don't we do this? We'll do Mash Bon Jovi up. at we'll the do, beginning. We'll, we'll end with up. Warren G. <laughs> okay. So matchup, matchup. I want to This got, hold on, hold on. It has to be. Let me see. Is there a Warren G? I don't see one. I uh, The Bon Jovi one might have actually been Young Guns too. to be honest with you. Uh, I believe it was. Yeah, okay, you know what? We'll just drop this whole bit and get out of here. Uh, th there's a Warren G featuring Nate Dogg and Michael McDonald. Regulate. <laughs> Michael McDonald? Like, like, yes. like, Yamo be there? Like, Chicago's own. Chicago's own Michael McDonald, yes. <laughs> yeah, okay, Bla Blaze of Glory was, was Young Guns, too, so we're we're done talking about Young Guns now. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we're done talking about Bon Jovi. Okay, That's very over. good, very good. So, anyway, uh... <laughs> So so anyway, um, the movie opens up um, with uh, all of them walking up over this ridge, and it's very dramatic. And, yeah. Oh, oh, do do I have thoughts about this, Paul? Keep going. And uh, it goes down their faces, and it goes uh, Emilio Estevan, Kiefer Sutherland, Lou Diamond Phillips, Charlie Sheen, two other guys. What? Come on, PC <laughs> size Masco from from three o'clock high. What is wrong I with know. you? I kept recognizing him from other movies, and I kept going, I don't remember this guy. And, and then I... Dermot Mulrooney is, like, the classic, like, I know he's an actor, but if you put a gun to my head and was, like, name two movies he was in, and I didn't know Young Guns was one, I'm out of luck. So, here's the thing. My wife was watching this with me, and she looks up and goes, whatever his name is, Ermin de Bermit and whatever, right? I can't... 
can't pronounce it. You, you talking about the guy from Three O'clock High? No, the other guy, Dermot Mulroney. Dermot Mulroney, sure, that's him. And she goes, "Oh, Dermot Mulroney." I'm like, "You know him?" She's like, "Yeah, he's the boyfriend from that movie Sabrina in the '80s." I yeah, I had a crush on him, and I'm like struggling to place his name anywhere else. The other guy who plays Charlie, I mean, yeah, I re- I recognize him from Three O'clock High, but that was it. I, he was just. But in this movie, when you look at like, you have four like huge stars. Oh yeah, and yeah, then you got yeah. two guys that really never made it out of the eighties. D- Dermot Mulroney, to be to be fair, pops up in movies, and the the only reason I found this funny is that um uh two days ago I randomly decided to watch Zodiac, which I have not seen in quite some time. The David Fincher yeah, film yeah. about uh, Zodiac killer. Ted Cruz's early career as the Zodiac. Um, and uh, Dermot Mulroney <laughs> is like the captain in okay. that movie, like randomly. And I'm like, oh yeah, it's yeah, Dermot Mulroney. You know why I think you and I can't name a movie he was in? He was he was like the staple go-to hunk guy in like yes. every Julia Roberts movie and like Sandra Bullock movie that came out That's in like the 90s. And right. that obviously was sort of a circle you and I didn't really travel in. Well, I mean, you know, when I think of movies, I think of miscongeniality. And I just say to myself, oh, that's Sandra Bullock. Did you say that, Sandra that, Bernhardt? Whatever, or... it's fine. You didn't say Sandra Bernhardt, right? No, I said, I said, yeah, Sandra Bernhardt. Yeah, go-to reference <laughs> for 90s romantic comedy, Sandra Bernhardt. I'm talking Hudson Hawk, <laughs> the greatest romantic comedy of all time. Well, I'm just... <laughs> uh, no, no lie. I walked by Sandra Bernhardt in Boston one time, and I was talking about the film Hudson Hawk while I was doing it. It was very surreal. Wow. Nice. Um, so, uh, so that they, uh, there's a whole bunch of other people that are, uh, in this movie, Jack Palance. And, um, we, I, we asked what else has he been in? Here he is. Mr. Zod himself, Terrence right. Stamp. Terrence Stamp. <laughs> I was like, oh. Look, it's an immediate reference to another movie. And, uh, of course, Lost's uh, Terry O'Quinn, who is popping up a lot more than I'd expect him to in some of the movies Thank we're watching. You. Thank you. I said, I said the same thing to my wife again. She was watching and she goes, oh, it's Locke from Lost. I'm like, he was in like a ton of crap in the 80s. Yeah, I had no idea. I can, now that now that like I know who he is and like right. I can attach him to a show, I'm like, oh man, this guy was a... He was like a real working actor. He just was, he was doing whatever, you know? This guy, I think what happened is he worked up to until like 1991, did an episode of Star Trek, dropped off until 2005. And that's got to be where the separation is because he's in a bunch of these movies that we've done so far. I think this is like the third one that he's in. Oh boy. Uh, let's think here. Um, he's in a bunch of movies that I want to do, but what, what has he been in that we have done? Maybe oh, Blind Fury is is the big one. Yeah, um, yep, he wasn't that. I guess I guess that's actually the only one so far. I thought no, he, was in he had a, he's he in had a ton a, of movies that I want to do. I want to like, say he was in, a, in um he was in another movie. Uh, we Silver did. Bullet, which is one that I've desperately wanted to do. He's in Space Camp, which is a movie you've desperately wanted to do, but we've had very hard times actually I'm so down. so very upset by that. I'm not paying sixty bucks for a DVD. No. No. Which surprises yeah. me. Anyway, so uh anyway, this yeah, opening so. scene, they're all walking over the ridge, and you have the crappiest effects. These like these real terrible effects where they it's not quite sepia tone, but they've like cranked up the um I don't even know how, how to describe this. I know there, there's a there's a term for this and I've forgotten what it is. It looks like a crappy 1980s MTV video where it's like kind of black and white and the they've they've got it down to basically two colors and they've over cranked 
like the saturation and like the luminance. So you get this like weird color on the face. It looks awful and it made me really angry and it really set the tone for the rest of the film, Paul. I'm not going to lie. Wow. Okay, though. I did not, I didn't think coloring was going to be the uh, the launching point for uh, for you, but I guess it was. No, it didn't bother me. I was just kind of oh, like, man. this is such an odd opening. I mean, I get it. It's I guess it's a good way to show the characters but it's like when we start the movie they're not together so i was like very much like what an odd way to start it because i i know the way it begins is what happens well hold on hold on hold on i have i have a couple more things i need to just get off my chest right oh well then please let me sit uh, back and relax so, <laughs> so uh one i want to say that i uh thanks thanks to at terse tale uh we got we got blu-ray and i i watched this in blu-ray and it looks very very good so that's that's not an issue. The transfer is fine. Yep. Uh, it looks nice. The video effect doesn't hold up. And let me tell you, the music in this movie is so dated. Not dated in a good way. Not like, oh man, it's 80s. I mean, it sounds like a dude with a Casio keyboard made the majority of this music. It's awful. It, it slips between like, we're going to do period music to, nah, let's throw a guitar in there. Yes. It's it's garbage and it like music needs to be real bad to take me out of a movie congratulations almost any time music is playing in this movie i'm just like oh god could you not well, could you maybe have not given charlie sheen so much cocaine money and like hired some other person for this music it's terrible well one of the things that i remember about this movie being rad was it was like a rock and roll cowboy movie like instead of just being the, a standard cowboy movie like tombstone or, or like a harken back to a spaghetti western with clint eastwood or or um john wayne it was more hip it was more kind of rocking they don't talk quite like cowboys they, i mean mm. they use some terminology but really they're just kind of kind of cool and, and 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 a little bit hipper um, and so they, when, when they, you yeah, hear that, they, they do that thing where they talk normally and just sprinkle in one or two old timey words. Yeah, yeah. So even if you don't know what they're saying, you can totally understand what right. they're saying. But and so, I right. Mean, yeah. yeah. I, I think if you just throw it a little, if you just throw that in, I mean, then it's, it's rock and roll, baby. And it's, this, and this, it's hair this, metal this was, rock and roll. <laughs> it was, it was, no, this, this was also, this is, this is another <laughs> film where I, watched like young guns and young guns 2 back to back when i was a kid yeah and there were multiple scenes i thought were in this movie that were not in this movie at all yeah yeah as, that as, as we bit. talked about earlier i expected it to close with blaze of glory by john bon jovi yeah that did not happen no 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 well so. oh, hold on now i want to explore this i want to explore the the rock and hair metal cowboy because i think if I think Bon Jovi, it, you mean? You're just, you just, you want to talk no, about? No, bon no. I'm thinking a real like uh, twisted sister vibe, where like you know, D. Schneider is is in a cowboy outfit. I would have loved <laughs> if D. Snyder was in this movie. I would have, I would have welcomed D. Snyder. You gonna ride and, that horse? And of course, they they would have they would have wound up not knowing how to like subtly put him in, so they'd make him scream like, "Oh, we're not gonna take it anymore!" Like, it would be so on the nose, it would be borderline offensive. No, no, no! He comes in. We're not gonna take these cows anymore. Yeah, I would. Come I, on, I'm telling you, you put D. Snyder in this movie, there is zero chance it is a worse movie. <laughs> zero, exactly. zero chance. Right? Oh, okay. Hold on. Let's let's do it. Let's do it, Greg. 
there's six members of the of the of uh Zod's Renegade group. Who's our hair metal six? D. Schneider is Billy the Kid. Okay, so we're talking this movie came out in eighty eight. Right. So anybody between nineteen eighty so, and eighty eight. We're talking we're talking we're going for like a like a traveling Wilburys, if you will, yes, hair metal. You exactly. Want, you want the creme well, de la creme. But but you have you have to picture them in a duster chaps in hat. So okay. I think I think okay. I think okay. with D. Schneider. Uh, uh, okay. Was Van Halen still Van Halen, or did they become Van Hagar? They were Van Hagar. And okay, then you absolutely that's put. Okay. I say you we, absolutely put Sammy Hagar in there. Then, no, because, frankly, he would look great in cowboy. Outfit, no, I say I say you take Van Halen <laughs> himself because think about it, he could have that rad guitar in the background, and now we know where it comes from. <laughs> I'm I, I'm just thinking. Think of someone who, in real life, just wants to drink all day long and hang out in Mexico. It's Sammy Hagar. <laughs> no, but he already like, does it's that. The role That's, he was born to play. It's, not, it's no longer a fiction. It's just filming them in his daily life. It's true. Yeah, actually, it's um, a documentary at that point. <laughs> you you definitely need one of the members of Def Leppard. Yeah, well, clearly the drummer, right? It's more dramatic uh, that way. Yeah, maybe. He, I don't know. Come that on, would, that would be interesting. Actually, I kind of do like that. Yeah. But. You get the guy with one arm. He's got a cool story about how he be, lost it. Gotta be honest, I'm I'm remembering a lot of hair bands and not a lot of people from hair bands. Uh, well, I mean, uh, we who who do you who do you pick from uh from Motley Crue? Do you oh, do you do you go Nikki Six? Do you? I mean, because I feel like that's the obvious choice. Or do you do? You I don't know. Vince Neil? Like, no, who, who I think you, you gotta go? go with Tommy, right? I don't know, man. I, no, Tommy can play the uh, Lou Diamond Phillips role. Just really hmm. kind of goofy, has a lot of peyote in his back pocket for no reason. Okay. Right? Right. So we're at we're at D. Schneider. Yep. Van Halen or Hagar. We can put them both in for all I can. Well, um, you I mean you, we'll go with you have to have John Bon Jovi. John obviously. Bon Jovi, clear. Yeah, obvious. That was a that was a nice one. He he's Right, dick. right. Uh he's dick. Um Yeah, agreed. Yeah. He's he's definitely he's definitely the the straight laced. Yeah. You know, you know, things are getting beyond my control type deal. Uh Tommy, can't think of his last name. Wow. Blanked on that one. Tommy Lee? Yeah, Tommy Lee. Yeah, we'll put him in the movie. And, oh, another drummer. The drummer from uh, from uh, Def Leppard. So we need a six. We need Who's the sixth one, Greg? Oh, boy. Okay. Well, who do we go with? Do we go Big with Axl Rose? Metal, the or... hair metal list of hair metal bands. Do we go with Metallica was hair metal at the time? No, they were always kind of heavy. No, they were they were always hard rock oh! metal, depending on your... Uh... Dave Mustaine definition um hmm. no i'm trying to think here who was who was just everyone was, how about was anybody from white snake i mean yeah hmm? what anybody from white snake <laughs> yeah you know there you go why not <laughs> or poison oh wait how are we matter. missing Any poison <laughs> we gotta get somebody from poison yeah you know what that actually makes makes the most sense yeah. go with uh what's his name there from poison yeah you know what this is showing, Greg? Uh, this is a bit that we're going to cut because we uh, have a lack of knowledge of 80s hair metal bands. Oh, well, Brett Michaels from, from, from Poison. Poison. Yes, and of course. Done. There you go. Yeah, yes. I'm going to edit this all up so it sounds fantastic. I hope you do because this is embarrassing yes. how bad we are with remembering <laughs> this is really terrible, names of people who are just completely <laughs> we, we irrelevant have, now. I mean, it, we, have, we have Tommy something. And drummer from Def Leppard. I don't know anybody's name from Def Leppard. <laughs> I don't either. I, I will say it stands. This this bit teaches us something very important. <laughs> D. Snyder has kept himself relevant. <laughs> yes, D. Yes. Snyder is a hell of an entertainer. 
And I think we could all agree, maybe we need him to come back and start yelling at the government again like he did with those PMRC hearings. No, I think we, I think he needs to do more horror movies that don't actually make any sense whatsoever, like Strangeland. Oh, I was going to say, we need Strangeland too, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> yes, we do. All what right. a shitty movie that was. Uh, well, so I anyway. hope you're not listening to Snyder because... Uh... No, 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 you're great. The movie was terrible. I hope you had no part in actually making it and just starring, but... It, it, if you were a producer, get your money back. Just saying. Anyway, it, it, getting into the actual movie because we're like a long time in. Um, so Billy well, the Kid. That's okay because a, as a typical Western, we have long stretches of men sitting around a fire not talking. <laughs> right. Uh, sitting around a dinner table oh, not talking. There's going to be. on their horses not talking. This is yeah. going to be quite quick once what, we start talking about What a plot. movie that could have used a high quality editor. I assume it was the director's cousin who edited this film, and he just used I assume, every strip I assume, of film that was usable. I assume they hired one guy, and his job was, like, editing, video effects, music. <laughs> he was just yes. wearing all these hats with pseudonyms. So how did you put the movie together? Well, when he said action, I took that piece of film, and then when he said cut, I cut it, and I put it together. Did you, did you use, like, multiple angles? Did you multi no. Nope. <laughs> Why? You only see one angle at a time. <laughs> I thought I thought the movie really I thought the movie was helped by seven minutes of them riding through a valley and not speaking. Did I don't you, understand did you the know? term coverage. <laughs> um. Anyway, so all right. So, so we have uh, Billy the, General Zod. Billy the Kid gets a uh, <laughs> who runs okay, okay. who runs Zod's home for wayward cowboys. <laughs> right. Okay. And he takes Billy in and. Immediately, you start meeting all these characters, and they are the regulators. Um, are we going to waste any amount of time going over complete historical inaccuracies? Oh God, no! Thank you. Why? Why would you? So all all you need to know to get to get the start of this film is uh, General Zod is collecting these wayward boys, and and what he wants to do is educate them and get them ready for the new world. He's uh, uh, uh General Zod is from England and he is he is trying to compete in sort of you know the westward expansion that is happening the boom you know there's a lot of money to be made and he's there to do it and he wants to, he wants to get these runaway boys and teach them how to read and write and I'm going to assume like some business acumen and and all this other stuff problem is uh Jack Palance is also competing for the same government beef contracts that uh, General Zod is going for yes so there is a rivalry, and of course, be, uh, because uh, General Zod won't take uh, threats seriously, uh, is, of course, killed. Um, now, the problem is oh, that Jack Palance owns basically the entire town, he owns the sheriff, and no one's going to do anything, and you got a lot of angry kids who just saw their father figure gunned down. And this is really where the movie starts. Are you sure? Because there's a, a hell of a dancing scene. That really, you know what? Okay, we we do need to talk about this, Paul. I I'm I'm glad you brought up that dancing scene because I did have a question. In your opinion, yes, I think we can immediately eliminate a barn dance because it was out in the open air. Yep. So was that a hoedown or more of a hootenanny? I believe they call it a fandango later in the film. Oh Jesus! I can't. <laughs> I, I would have gone with hootenanny. Slang. All the kids I would have gone with hootenanny, but. Uh, I believe they call it a Fandango. No, Greg, the only reason I bring up the party is because I don't like that at one point, Jack Palance sullies the good reputation of the noble art of selling ladies' garments. 
And I feel like that is a profession yeah. that is slowly drifted away from our society that needs to come back. Um, that you know what? When we were kids, that was like that was like a punchline. You could just throw that in, and it was like whoa. Well, remember that used to be the thing when like when I guess department stores had multiple levels, or like I mean, obviously the biggest one is are you being served, right? Uh, which is also oh yeah much, yeah right. Um, which which as far as I can tell was on eight hours a day growing up. <laughs> yes, it was. I went to sleep watching it. I woke up watching it when I got home from school. It was on always on. <laughs> yes, um, but you would. You would get to a floor, and that floor would have whatever you were looking for. Sporting goods, uh, records, uh, men and women's undergarments, uh, scarves. I always remember there was a floor for scarves. Very yeah, big. I, I, who, who needs that many scarves? How many floors uh, do you think there the, were? The question has never been answered. Well, I'll answer it for you. Every scarf needs to match your shoes and hat. Ah. And how many shoes and hats do you have? Ah. Uh. I think I've got a pair of shoes and no hats. Well, you, sir, are not a dapper man. <laughs> I, I See, I thought you were going to take that opportunity to say that, well, maybe you need to get a new career in selling women's undergarments. <laughs> I thought you were going to immediately take that. No, because you're unqualified, Greg. You need someone that has anyway, a lot of shoes and hats. Back back to this uh, shindig, I guess we'll call it, Paul. Oh, there you go. Um, We, we have a couple of... of bizarre things that that did not sit well with me. One is uh, Kiefer Sutherland becomes very enamored with the only Asian character in this film. I believe you. Um, I believe she's a, a, a geisha. What now? What is her name? Because they just give Yun. up and eventually just start yelling at her China. Uh, her name is Yoon. Even though she has a legit name. Yes, it's, it's Yoon. But he's the only one that really uses it throughout the film. Um, everybody else calls her China or China doll. Um, I mean, Greg, as we find out, um, she was traded to Jack Polance for a ruined shirt. Now, I don't know about you. I've only ever gotten a 50% off next dry cleaning coupon when they ruin my garments. I've never been offered a daughter. You know, uh, I I have routinely been told that life was cheaper (laughs) in the Old West, but I had no idea. Right? I mean, look, I'm sure his his shirts are very expensive, but... I feel like there should have been just a little bit more negotiation before. <laughs> well, isn't doesn't she actually say something to the effect where she was like, "Oh, like like daughters are considered worthless in in China. That's why. That's one of the reasons why they actually gave her away was because she's like, "Oh, when it like floods in China, they just like throw babies in the flood water." No, yeah, yes, and I understand that. And that was a that was a gag even like even when we were growing up is that China, you know, kills all the girls and they only want boys and things like that. The one child rule. Um, which they had for years, but really worked out uh, well for you, China. Now that literally women over there uh, are so rare. Right. Great move, buddy. And and it's nothing but high quality men, of course, to to choose from. Actually, I don't know that <laughs> culture at all. Let's let's just assume everything's equal, and and uh, because frankly, they're probably going to rule us in a few years. Uh that being but yeah, you know what? If you're listening to this, future Chinese overlords, uh, Paul and I are fine it. with it. We're let's you know what we love. Uh, all those movies that you love that that we make. So you know, we'll just oh, we, review we, movies that came out in China, like um the six you allow every year. I mean, we, we'll we, just review those. We 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 married women of of Asian descent. I mean, I think we're we're on board. I think is is fair to say. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, we're probably already labeled race traitors in multiple parts of the internet. So yeah, let's just go. Hold yeah, on. yeah, yeah. You know, nothing really perks me up like going to the dark web and typing things in that you fear, fearing for your life. <laughs> 
I tell you, Greg, I say on, on record, I fear our future Chinese overlords more than I fear fedora neckbeards on the dark web, okay? Well, I mean, we'll see. <laughs> I think that balance might be shifting a little. <laughs> They'd have to leave their house. Um, uh, I'd agree with you up until a couple of weeks ago. Okay, that's for another podcast. Uh, <laughs> that's, the that's the dark web comes podcast. to life, I guess. Podcasts this, where you and I use voice disguises and have pseudonyms. This was the dark web. This this was dark web. <laughs> this was dark web. <laughs> a hilarious look at things that are a hundred percent disgusting. Oh man. Oh man. Bringing that. Bringing the old. This was gag back. Anyway, oh, let's it. see. They kill. Great. They kill Zod, and then they deputize the entire gang to go after and and kill. Well, they're supposed to capture members of the of uh i think it's john tully Tur- it's, it's the murphy uh, J- jack jack palance plays murphy. a guy named murphy and so it's it's the murphy gang and there's right. there's multiple people that are being brought in at, as the movie goes because they're unsuccessful so it starts out with a murphy gang then they're bringing in like this bounty hunter and then they wind up bringing in the army so it gets worse and worse but it starts off they're just supposed to arrest i think 11 people that are in the murphy gang that's their right. only job right um, so they go, um, they find this first guy, um, uh, is it John Hill? Uh, no, Hank Hill. Oh, yeah. What was his name? Yeah, Hank Hill. That's right. right. Now, I'll t- tell you what. I'll tell you what we're going to do here. It's so, it's, God. yeah, no kidding. Now, settle down, Billy. <laughs> What's wrong <laughs> with you, boy? Boy, ain't right, I tell you. <laughs> I saw cattle and cattle-related items. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Well, Hank Hill's in the Old West. What is he selling? <laughs> It's not propane. <laughs> well, what would it be? It would have to be. It would have to be gunpowder, right? He he definitely is running a store because Hank Hill is too uptight to be like running a whorehouse or like a, or like a saloon. You know, like right? he's he. So he's definitely running a store of some kind. Yeah, I think he sells prospector equipment. <laughs> I think I think that's what he sells. It's gotta be. Yeah, it's gotta be. Uh, uh, I, I sell saddles and saddles accessories. There we. Yeah. So yeah, he's definitely saddles. He sells saddles. Yeah. 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 Damn it, Billy! Put that gun away. <laughs> I would uh, again make this movie animated and put put, put Hank Hill as the uh, as oh, the, the 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 General Zod character. You have a way better no, film. No, no, it's the it's it's Hank Hill and his and his four and his three buddies. They're Billy's oh, gang. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what, we're gonna go Dang it, Bonnie, gonna You gotta stop killing people. <laughs> Now they're there, they're going to dang all take it all they're shooting they're shooting, they're shooting taking out the cows and they're putting them in the cows and they're going to come up. They're going to go just go ahead and shoot them dead. <laughs> i tell you what, man, you got to go ahead down there. Go ahead and go yourself some dime out there, man. Got to blow this thing up, man. Go there and they're going to see it coming. Go blow those horses right up, man. Let's, let's dig it right there. <laughs> okay. Your boom hour is definitely better than my boom hour. I, I, give, you, I give you that one. <laughs> <All right. laughs> so anyway... <laughs> they are deputized. And kill Their the goal cowboy. is to go into this saloon. I assume I don't know where they are. Anyway, it, it, and it's 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 get this guy, and they're like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Billy, uh, uh, Charlie Sheen is is kind of their de facto leader, and he has the crappiest accent I have ever heard. It's like it's like he's trying to do a weird Elvis mixed with like a a movie Boston accent. It's, yeah, it's bad. I'm with you. And, and, and none of them really do put on any kind of, even Emilio Estevez, just, I mean, uh, not Emilio, no. uh, Lou Diamond Phillips. He just does straight English. He doesn't have yeah. any accent whatsoever. Uh, the, the, the Chinese girl, uh, Yun, 
She has zero accent in this movie. She like she has the cadence, but not the accent. Yes, exactly. So it's almost like this movie, like the movie filters were like, okay, we're gonna do a movie about the old West, it's the eighteen hundreds, but we cannot be racist. Whatever happens, but <laughs> but the eighteen hundreds were. I mean, it, it may very well be the second most racist time period in all of American history. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of documented ev- evidence for that. I one. mean, uh, I mean, bitch, yeah, eighteen. Uh, Lincoln's not even elected. Nope, this is the most racist period in all of American history. No, no, no I understand that, but this is a movie, and it's 1988. So let's let's pretend that this country is moving in a forward progress progression, and we'll never ever recede back to where we were. Yeah, we'll, we'll only have one of the characters be racist to Lou Diamond Phillips, but then he'll take it all back in the second half of the movie, and it'll be character development. We'll yeah, do that. We'll call it an arc. <laughs> what an, yeah, what an arc. So, so anyway, uh, uh, Billy the Kid is supposed to simply go in there and uh, serve his warrant, and of course he waits for the guy to go to the bathroom, goes into the bathroom with him, and just shoots him right in the stomach. <laughs> Is it really a bathroom, or is it just a small uh, outbuilding no, that you find a corner I, I in? Think that's, I think that's like the, oh, this is the section of the building where you go pee in. <laughs> because that's what I'm guessing. Do you anybody walk in there? Damn it, Dan! Not supposed to be deucing in here. That would that would be great if that wasn't even what he like. That was like a storeroom. And <laughs> in it anyway, that'd be amazing. Uh, I kind of don't think so, though. And then, uh, so he kills Hank Hill, um, and then... We, we follow them a little bit longer. The gang's not happy with Billy, and we also start to see the progression. We don't have to mark every single time, but the newspapers start writing about Billy the Kid and his exploits, and again, this kind of built up that mythology of him that, that we kind of so enamored today is he kind of went from a nobody into this larger-than-life character who is kind of running the, the Old West and taking things into his own hands. And, and so they find these two other guys, and and um, there's a guy, so in the gang, there's the six main guys. And then at some point, this other guy joins up, McCluskey. And, I, I mean, they're pretty heavy-handed. They never actually show him turning against him, but it's kind of, like, immediately obvious that he's... Yeah, he, he, he shows up right after a big argument right. between General Zod and, uh, and Jack Palance. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah, we as the audience know this guy's a plant. To like funnel information back, and yeah. uh, Billy the Kid picks up on that real fast. Yeah, and uh, he he takes out McCluskey. They take out the other two guys. They they shoot they shoot McCluskey in the head, and then like you know just for fun, decide to shoot him in the stomach, so he like falls backwards into like a river. Yeah, and at this point, this is where I I had a very hard time getting on board with this movie after uh, General Zod gets killed. Before that, I liked it. It's, it's here's a man trying to impose order in the Old West and make everybody better. He's, he's for this expansion of the West. He's for this sort of taming the wilderness and, and, and advancing everything. I liked that. Then he got killed, and you have Emilio Estevez, who's, who I am just going to say is basically the Charlie Manson of this movie, and is slowly brainwashing everyone around him to do exactly what he's doing, to go on a murderous rampage. Um, we don't have enough uh, time to go into how, that, how much wrong that statement is, but... I think you uh, mean how incredibly accurate it is, other than the fact that I... Don't think Manson actually killed people. He just had people kill for him, right? That was that was his thing. Long story short, 
Charlie Manson didn't actually expect anybody to get killed. He was just, uh, it, it was, it was, a, it really was a f- drug fueled uh, escapade that went wrong. And he was, he was not actually happy about it. And then he kind of embraced it afterward when he sobered up. But he was like, wait a second, I'm famous. Well, <laughs> I finally got famous. <laughs> well, joining t- the monkeys didn't work out. So I guess this was plan I guess, uh, Here we go. I guess I'll just lean into crazy. <laughs> So anyway, oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, did he? So anyway, uh, rest in peace, so, Charles. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're not. We're not saying God, God rest Charlie Manson's soul. We're not saying that on a, no. No. No, that is not going to stand. Okay. Do you want me no. to bleep it out? So <laughs> I'll bleep it out. I I know it was a great South Park bit. Where it was like like the Merry <laughs> Christmas Charlie Manson episode. That's great. No. <laughs> no. Fine. Charlie Manson was a garbage person. <laughs> you heard it here first. Greg is a party He died in prison like a dog, <laughs> just like he deserved. Greg, Greg's a party pooper. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, I am. Sorry. <laughs> so, anyway. Um, so, anyway. This is when they have the, the, the big peyote scene, which, unless you have anything to talk about, this... I didn't care for the scene. It goes on forever. There's no breakthrough. It's just a scene where they've they've slowed down the audio. So everyone talks like they're like, you know, three octaves lower than they should. And so it's like they're all doing something, but none of them are doing anything good. Like like Lou Diamond Phillips and corpse paint, like 100% for it. I love that. Um, everything else is pointless. It's not like Kiefer... It, okay, typically a drug scene like this in a movie is done for a specific reason. It either A, shows a further deterioration of the character's morality. They are now trying to escape reality and they are worse for it. Or number two, um, it's it's played for laughs, which this one is, I guess, kind of done that way, but it's not pure comedy, so it doesn't feel that way to me. Or number three, it's to alter the state of mind. It's like a deus ex machina. They're supposed to have an epiphany that is then changing the course of the film. Literally none of those things happen here. Except eventually Lou Diamond Phillips claims he did, but it happened so far after this scene, he might as well have just said, I had a dream that we had to go west, and that's what I believe we should do. This scene is pointless. It's pointless and dumb. I hate it every minute of it. I'm totally with you. And there's a couple scenes like this in this movie. There's already been a couple already that they they don't progress the movie or the story. And and for a movie that, for all the historical inaccuracies that it does, it tries to get a lot of them right. And I, I I, I almost started feeling like, this movie plays out, um, maybe I'm getting to the end here, but um, my final thoughts, but really, it, it almost plays out like an Assassin's Creed game. Like, yes, this person lived, this person died in this location, it did not happen like you've just seen this happen. And, and and I will, I will to not quite a tip my hand, this movie seemed like it really wanted to be Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kids, plural. Yeah. And possibly uh, the Wild Bunch, but it didn't have the nerve to do either. Yeah, it, it just, I, like I said, this movie, it suffers from editing. As a matter of fact, I watched this, um, so Sundance played this one in Young Guns back to back. And oh, wow. So I, there's commercials in it. With commercials, this movie is two hours and 45 minutes. Um, yeah, it's a long one. It, it, it's incredibly long, and it just, I think it suffers for it. But anyway, that that we'll get to the end of that. Um, anyway, they go on this peyote dream. Doesn't mean anything. Um, and then Buckshot Robert shows up, and I love this scene, not because there's tension before it, but because he just shows up and goes, yeah, 
nope, I'm just here to kill you. Click, click, bang. And he just, yep. that's it. That's the whole scene. No talking, no breakdown of anything. He's, he is a man on a mission with a job, and he's going to do that job. It, and this, this, this actually happens before the drug scene, because this is the scene where he kills Charlie Sheen, and Charlie Sheen doesn't go on the peyote binge. And, nope, nope. Charlie Sheen definitely does the peyote. Because I wrote Charlie's, and so begins Charlie's descent into drugs. Wow. I watched this last night, and I really thought that happened afterwards. Yep. And then he kills, and then Buckshot kills Dick. Yep. Okay. Well, there we go. Literally does not matter. Um, <laughs> we just talked about so... a scene that didn't matter and then brought it up again. <laughs> We're terrible people. Yeah. Okay. So, and then now, um... basically, uh, all all you need to know is this. They're hiding out in the wilderness, and like every so often, they'll make a run at one of the gang members, or one of the gang members will, or a, a group will like happen upon yeah. them. Yeah. And th- so you have this cycle of like they kill people, they 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 go somewhere to hide out, they read the newspapers that are horribly inaccurate, and and it just kind of repeats where it's like they run into somebody, they escape, and it just they just keep doing this, and they they eventually wind up in a uh, um. Charlie from from three o'clock high uh, says, you know what? I got to I got to go to a brothel in this one area. Yep. And they're like, OK. And so and, and, and it's the classic thing. He just wants to he just wants to cuddle with a woman. That's like it's like a trope you see all the time. Yeah. Like he literally yeah. just wants to sit next to this lady and just have her like hold him. And let me tell you, this woman, I, what a just <laughs> hardened like all business like character yeah yeah julia roberts she's she is like, not she's like all right we're on the clock money's uh, everything you want to do it doesn't matter it's the same okay we're going let's do it now go yeah <laughs> wow yeah well i mean take time is money i get it i get it time is money you're not gonna you're gonna get an argument from me well before that i did have one question for you because at some point he goes and he kills sheriff breed um which is very significant because that means that they after they kill sheriff Brady, they're no longer deputy and when, it's funny how that works. Yeah, it you is. You can't just kill your way to the top of a police <laughs> No, it's, it's, you know, I mean, <laughs> you try and see, you see it in carrot farms a lot, where, you know, the lower carrot farmers always murder the higher up car- carrot farmers, and they progress further into the societal hierarchy of carrot farming. Um, right. Didn't work in the Old West. Funny how that no. is. No, no. It turns out that when you, mur- as a policeman, if you murder police... <laughs> Uh, they get real mad at you and don't <laughs> promote do. you. So, but weird. I wanted to see if you understood what this meant. Billy walks up to the sheriff and he goes, "Time the reap the whirlwind." Yeah, reap reap the whirlwind. Yeah, he, <laughs> he likes that phrase. He says it a few times. And then I'm like, "What's the whirlwind? You're the whirlwind. You're the one that's going around killing everything." He's a sheriff. He wasn't even there. Yeah, uh, I I believe that that reap the whirlwind. I'm I'm just double checking here. Okay, I was wrong book, but um, it's a it's a biblical phrase. It's 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 a it, it's from Hosea. I thought it was maybe a Proverbs thing, but it's it's yeah. They they that sow the wind shall reap the whirlwind. That's that's the full quote. He's just using the back end of it. So. Oh, okay, okay. Now when he's killing, <laughs> he's, he's a man of God. <laughs> that's right. Okay, it makes total sense now. I thought it was killing willy nilly. But it's actually in the name of our Lord and Savior. Got it. You know, Paul, it's not for us to understand God's plan. We just no. we just have to accept no. the plan. Right. We don't have to know it. We just have to say yeah. it's it's you know God works in mysterious ways. You don't 
question the word, you listen to the word. <laughs> and then and then you hope you know, he, uh you just it's it's God speaks in a small voice and if you're not really listening, you'll miss it. I'll tell you one of the funniest things I've seen in a very long time. It's it's God and he's up in heaven and he's doing something, right? And like one of the angels comes up and goes, Hey God, what's with the string on your God looks at him and goes, I'm supposed to remember something. Oh, and he looks down through the clouds, and it's <laughs> and it's uh, Abraham about to murder his son. Stop! <laughs> That's, That's a solid cartoon. It's like <laughs> so. My, so again, my, we don't my question. Favorite, my favorite biblical comedy bit is two guys are arguing that that the New Testament is a crappy derivative sequel. <laughs> I mean, which I always thought was really funny. And then they just start arguing about like how it's exactly like any bad sequel to any good movie, which I always thought was funny. So anyway, uh, this was Jesus aside. Um, I'm bringing that bit back. God dang it. I, I, you know what? We if you do it bring enough, back. It, Come up it came becomes back. a running gag. Yep. Yeah. Yep. This the was. Came back. You had go- <laughs> They all came back. You had, you had garbage people earlier. We're, we're garbage people. It. It's coming back. Okay. We just got to close this case and move on. Yeah, we're um, going to have some sweet comeuppance at the end of this movie. Don't just hang in there. So now we get to the bar scene that you liked at the beginning of the movie with, with the, the Texas guy. It's funny. It's kind of interesting. But it just, I, I guess it's supposed to show, which I think is pretty interesting, is that back then, you know, not only did they have the wrong picture, they had Charlie Sheen's picture in the newspaper at one point, but right. you hear all these stories about these people and, like, they could literally be standing right next to you. And it's a good kind of interesting thing. But again, it's this is a scene that I don't think adds to the movie. I think they could have skipped it, progressed on, and really also, gotten... Also, it, it really speaks to Billy the Kid's character, where for all he, Billy the Kid knows at this point, his friend is currently using the brothel. Yep. And he can't just sit down and keep quiet and not make it about him for 10 <laughs> that, minutes. That is true. He has to be like, you know what I'm going to do? Start shooting. Because that won't interrupt whatever's happening elsewhere in the building. You know, a gunshot inside. It, it, it really got me where it's like, buddy, just sit down and let it go for 20, 30, whatever amount of time he has purchased. Just maybe sit down and be quiet. Nope, can't do it, because he's a flaming narcissist. That is, I will totally agree with you in that. Yes, I would agree. And then we, uh, so we move on, they get to this little Mexican villa or town or whatever, and this is the scene that I liked, which is Billy dictating out the uh, the letter that Doc is writing for him. And um, I always like this, because at the end, he goes, P.S., you can kiss my ass, I'm not turning myself in. And then he goes, ha, 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 And I always thought he was like, ha, 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 Doc, did you write the ha-ha's? I really... Oh, he, he better have. <laughs> I, let let me tell you, like, this part's really out of character because, like, Kiefer Sutherland thinks it's really funny. And everyone is kind of, like, not really on board with Billy the Kid. Like, it's really weird. Um, I... Doc, I always felt, even in this whole movie, he sees Billy's as a means to win it. Um, Billy's not afraid of anything, so he keeps them out of trouble because if any trouble shows up, he takes care of it. He's been pretty smart. You know, he picked out McCluskey... He's, he, he got them away from the, you know, from a couple different posse chases. So Billy's not a dumb guy. I think he's just looking at him like, if I can just stay alive long enough to get my girl and get out of here, I won't have to worry about this asshole ever again. And I think that's what his game plan is. So I think at this moment where Billy's in a tub dictating a, 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 a letter to him, I think at this point, Doc is just like, <laughs> Billy, you are so... 
Right, God, I wish I could kill you. <laughs> so anyway, Char uh, they wind up in Mexico. Charlie decides to get married, like, as far as I can tell, about 10 minutes after they arrive. Well, and yes. so then, uh, who is it? The the guy who eventually kills Pat Garrett. Billy the Kid. Pat, uh, what's Pat his Garrett. name? Pat Garrity? Pat Garrett. Pat Garrett. Yes. Um, so Pat Garrett shows up and he's like, hey, guess what? Um, they're going to kill uh, Alex, the lawyer, and his wife. Uh, he was, he, there's a character, it's Terry O'Quinn, and he was always trying to help the boys in a legal sense. Where he was like, yep. look, if you want to take these guys down, you got to do these steps. They, of course, just said, you know what? We're just going to kill them. And that didn't so, work. So they're basically saying, we got to go back. We got to save him. They all mount up. They head back. Turns out it was a giant trap to get everybody in one area. And it's just surrounded by pretty much everyone they've pissed off at this point. And this is another scene where the movie just kind of drags on. It just, I'm like, I tell my wife, I go, man, did Tombstone know how to end a movie? Because this is just slow in plotting. It goes on. I couldn't believe how long they were in that house. So so basically, they're in the house. And you'd, you'd assume... Oh, man, this is going to be like a bloody shootout. It's going to be crazy or some weird deus ex machina is going to show up or something. Nope, you have basically nothing going on and tensions are just mounting for like 20 minutes. Yeah. And then, so you go through all of this. And there's, I mean, there's a couple things we could talk about that, but really what the whole thing ends, you've been in this house. You're right. It's almost 15 minutes. They're in the house. And then you're like, oh, God, this movie's two hours. We're so close. Here's the big finale. Everybody comes up. And then the gosh darn director goes, yeah, you know what this movie needs right now? Slow motion. Now, be before <laughs> we even get to the slow, because I, I hope you like slow motion because you're going to get a good 10 oh, minutes you, of it at the end. Love right. slow motion. This is going to get you off. I'm just saying. We saved we saved all the money <laughs> for the slow motion. Here it is. Um. Anyway. So uh, uh, Alex's wife is is released. They they let her go because she's she's a woman. They don't want to kill her. They let her out. Uh, the the uh, Asian uh, uh, girlfriend yeah. of Doc, who uh, uh, Keith Sutherland's name is Doc, and uh, Doc manages to do what all great romances are: uh, stalk a woman into submission. <laughs> And she is now, uh, she's now been gaslighted to a degree that she is madly in love with him and probably fears what happens when she's not around him. Runs into a house that is under siege, I'd like to point out. Uh, it's on fire. Just to be with Kiefer Sutherland. It's on fire, Greg. Yeah. So now, I, and, and I honestly didn't remember how this movie ended. Mm -hmm. So they're all in there. Uh, Charlie is getting really worked up. He's starting to shoot at people because he was before crying. He was so scared. And then they just decide to, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Paul, this is a little, little vague. They just kick open the door and start shooting and they all get shot at. They all in, in slow motion. Picture this in glorious slow motion. Yes. Yes. Very much so. Oh, Lou Diamond Phillips's character has simply disappeared. We, n nobody knows where he is. This, yep. this is a house that was literally surrounded by the army and his character has simply disappeared. They're all getting shot at. They're, they're shooting. Uh, uh, Charlie gets killed. He gets shot up like a bunch of times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Keith Sutherland gets shot a few times. Billy the Kid gets shot a couple times. Uh, Char uh, Charlie. Dur Dermot Mulroney's character gets shot and killed. Charlie, Steve, and Chavez. They, they're the three that get killed during this scene. Well, Chavez comes back with horses. Yes, yes. For everybody. Yes. Where, where did he go? Where did he get them? How did he come back? That's... Well, because, Whatever, Greg, they, they had to slip in that subtle racism of the Native American invisibility 
that they're able to sneak in and out of areas right. unseen by the white man. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So uh, don't act like you didn't know that. And just right away. Yes. Right before they're totally gone, Jack Palance is screaming. They have to go after them. He turns around. Billy the Kid turns around. He says, reap the whirlwind, shoots him in the head, rides off. And then we get text on screen. No, there's right? no text. Or is, or is it just no, no, voiceover? No, no, no. It's voiceover. Uh, Keith Sutherland then proceeds to explain the rest of their lives. The rest of the movie that we should have seen. We just get a voiceover that's basically like uh, Billy the Kid was killed. Uh, Doc went east with 16 yes. family members yes. of his girlfriend. So so he's become a Jim Jones-like cult leader <laughs> and is, is now forcing them to do God knows what. Um, and then uh, what else? What else? Did, uh, oh, did no, Chavez die? Yeah, no, no, Chavez went to die. California just, and changed his he name. He also got away. Yep, Chavez changed the name to California. They talk about Billy uh, getting eventually shot by Pat Garrett. Uh, and that's the end of the movie. Now... I had a question at this point. What was the conversation that Doc had with his girlfriend? Because he's been, I'm going to use the word wooing her um, to okay, me. Yeah, yeah. To quote me, unquote, ag wooing. aggressively short of knocking her unconscious and, and kidnapping her. Oh, there, there, there are multiple times where he has to like put his hand over her mouth yeah. to stifle screams. Yeah. So, so. At what point? We're not talking about the greatest romance in the world here. <laughs> so at some point, they're riding along, and he goes, man, I can't believe we finally got away. You, We're going to be so happy to get And she's like, yes, yes, we will. But but my family is back there, and we have to get my family. And he's like, yeah, okay, you know, no, no, that that makes sense. We can totally, totally. So uh, so what is it, like your mom and dad? or no. Yes, 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 it's my mom and dad. Okay, okay. A anybody else? I, I got a brother. I got a brother. Okay. Yeah, okay. We brother, can... yeah, okay, brother, yep, yep, not a problem. So that's, okay, so that's instead of uh, one one train ticket, three train tickets. All right, you and, know what? If, and, we, if we eat light, that won't be a problem. And, that's fine. We can, we, we'll figure it out. And my cousins, and, and my cousins are also over here that I would I would really, we really need to, to help out. And uh, it's four, 14 okay. of them. Only 14. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I was worried I was in trouble there for a second, but 14. 14 cousins. One yeah, brother. I'm literally carrying all the money I have on me. It's it's uh, in this sack with a dollar sign on it. Mm. Uh, but you love I me. Mean, at this point, why don't we just buy the train? No, but you understand. I was living the life of luxury in in bonnets and and bustles, beholden to a man that would pass out before he would actually make love to me. And you've taken me from that sweet life that I told you multiple times to leave me alone in. And now we need to get the rest of my family. Sixteen people. Well. I mean, uh, I, I, I guess I'll just have to agree because by disagreeing, I would have to confront my narcissism <laughs> slash stalker behaviors. And if there's one thing old Doc doesn't want to do, it's face reality. That's why I write poetry. <laughs> you got me. Checkmate. Well played. Thank you. Thank game you. notices game. Thank Respect. you. Thank you. Now, my nieces and nephews in China. We'll look into it. Okay. 41 so there that's that's how that went down yeah. uh i'm really interested in uh young guns too let me tell you because uh, you mean the I movie they didn't know they were gonna make a sequel most of that movie except that it has emilio estevez in old man makeup for a good chunk of the yes, beginning and the ending yeah um and you can definitely tell they did not anticipate a sequel because they told the rest of the story 
Yeah, no, they're like they're like uh, the, we did this it. guy went this way, it, this guy went this guy, this guy died. And, <laughs> the and, end. and to be fair, this is a giant chunk of Billy the Kid's life. Is this is the Lincoln War? I mean, this is I, that's that's the majority of, of what made him famous, if I'm not mistaken. Um, this and a little bit of what Young Guns gets into is he does kind of continue and being a bit of a renegade and an outlaw. Uh, he robs some people and he kind of keeps building up that that myth about himself until finally Pat Garrett pretty much had no choice but to go after Billy the Kid. Like in the film, he says, Pat, are you my friend? And Garrett says, yeah, I'm your friend, Billy. At that point, Pat was not under any obligation to bring him in. He wasn't he, he, sheriff. Yeah, he, wasn't, he wasn't the law yet. Um, and even when he became sheriff, he told Billy multiple times, you need to just stop because I'm being told I have to bring you in. Um, so it's it. I am very interested to see what else they pull out of this story in, in Young Guns too? But that aside, I mean, do they do they do they mention when a couple of two flunking uh, high school students travel through time with him to modern day San Dimas? I mean, we're gonna have to wait and see. It's been a few yeah. years since I've seen it. Um, but uh, if uh, if Bill S. Prescott is not in that movie. I will be terribly disappointed. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm all for for Ted Theodore Logan to show up. I am I'm all over that. Esquire. So Paul, yes. I'm going to ask you, man. Mm -hmm. Is this film still red? No. No, no it's not. Um to be honest, I wouldn't have probably called this rad rad in the first place. This is a movie that's in the 80s and we've done a couple of these where like they're good movies and they're movies we saw as a kid, but I I probably wouldn't have put it into the function of rad in the first place. Um not like, you know, RoboCop or or even Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. It, it kind of falls more within that weird category. So I I don't think I would have anyway, but this is it's not a bad movie. It's it's very very long. It's very jumbled. If they would have gone like if they would have kept it short, like ninety minutes, high high quick, and and kind of kept that like I said that edge to it with the music and 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 their acting, I think it would have been a fun film to kind of kind of get through. At two hours and ten minutes, it it's a slog. It really really is. And I love Billy the Kid. I love this story. I think everybody that acts in it is doing the best they can. Um, with what they have, other than the guy who plays Pat Garrett. Oh my God, what a bored he was. Um, he was terrible, and he's only in two scenes. The man doesn't even move his neck. That's how stiff he is. Uh, but for me, no, it, it wasn't rad. Uh, Greg, I, I assume you will not shock me. Is this film still rad? Oh no, no. I I I would disagree with you in that I, I believe this movie was considered a little more rad back back in the day. But definitely not top tier. Like like I like I said initially, I'd I'd go like third tier rad. Sure. You know? Um, and uh I, I would say that the movie has the following problems. You're juxtapositioning the the order that Terrence Stamp is trying to impart on the on the boys with the the chaotic nature of things after he's dead. But the problem is the movie is also trying to get us to like Billy the Kid as this free wheel and outlaw, even though all his actions are literally what's getting everybody killed. Yeah. So we don't actually have anyone to root for when you portray him like that. Now, if you portrayed this as a straight up revenge Western, where it's like, we're going after this guy and it's like, well, he owns the police. Now you're going after the police. Well, all right, we're going to have to go over the police. But then Billy the Kid is just like willy nilly killing people and like loving it. Yeah. So that that doesn't 
fit the the, the movies kind of it, it's like they have different scripts and i don't it's just a mess like you said it's just a real real thematic mess the, the, we can't root for billy the kid being a maniac because literally it's his actions that are getting his friends killed and he does not seem to care that much and you know the other thing too is that that this movie does that makes it difficult you're right to root for billy is everybody in the gang is 100 percent against him and oh, there, there are multiple scenes where they're like and it's I'm just, going to leave. And yeah. Billy just like berates them and breaks their will to where to where he is literally the only option that, that he has. Like a cult leader. Right, exactly. Where I think if if a couple of these guys would have been on his side, I like if Doc had been one hundred percent on Billy's side or Charlie, right? If these guys had been like with him, then you know, Chavez, Lou Diamond Phillips' character, always kind of comes off as just a guy who's just in the movie with them. Same thing with the guy uh, with Steve, um, um, Milani, uh, Mulaney. It's like, they're two people that kind of are with the group, but they never really feel like they're impactful to it. Dick, I, Dick Miller at the beginning, um, I think it's, no, Dick Miller's an actor. Uh, <laughs> this guy. Uh, Char- Charlie, Charlie Sheen's character? Okay. He, when he counters him, it makes sense. Once he's gone, the movie could have really just blown through a lot of this stuff. And I'm with you. I think he comes across unlikable. He comes across as like, okay, he's he's plotting revenge. At one point he says, uh, they're like, well, if you kill him, then we'll have everybody come after us. And he goes, okay, then we'll kill all of them. And it's like, no, no, that is a terrible idea. That is like, yeah, also, again, historical accuracy aside, uh, the ending of this movie is so stupid. I mean, it, it's a hundred guys. And they literally just watch him ride to the end of the street and then shoot Jack Palance. Almost like the movie forgot. Oh, that's right. Wait a second. Murphy ends and dies at the end of this. We should fix that. Same same thing with Alex. Uh, Terry O'Quinn's character. He dies in the shootout. He's just standing in his front yard waving a white flag and they just go, pop off a Gatling gun. Not even like... (laughs) He gets killed with a Gatling gun of all things. Like, they could have just shot... You you know that guy was just anxious to use that Gatling gun. So I took it out of the wagon. Yep. (laughs) You know how long it takes to set this up in the 1800s? So, yeah, this movie has a lot of flaws. And and, um, I know we're going to be doing Young Guns too. Um, I appreciate you donating and we'll watch it. I gotta be honest, I don't have very many high hopes for it, because um, I can't, from whatever, you know, when I remember that that movie, it's kind of like this. Um, and now, um, what, what, uh, as I have been trying to remember to do, I, I said Young Guns was not rad, what, what is a movie that does the things this movie does, but better? Sure. Uh, I would say, one, if you want to watch what is probably my favorite Western of all time, Rent Tombstone, because that movie is amazing, start to finish, it's awesome it's quotable as hell everyone in it does a great job it's it's a fantastic great great western um however if you're like well you know what that's from the lawman's perspective i I want a a outlaw western movie watch the wild bunch now it's a sam peckinpah film who i constantly say you should be watching his films because they're great um it is a long movie i'm going to tell you right now that movie is three hours long and it is just about the dying days of the old west and what do you do when you're a gang and you don't have any west left to be wild in what do you do with your life that has been nothing but carnage and murder how does that wind up when there's no place left for you and it's a masterpiece 
and it's like every other Peckinpah film, it is a slow burn into a murderous blood frenzy at the end. Uh, fun fact, I believe until John Woo started making movies, The Wild Bunch had the record for most squibs in any movie. And it was not by one or two. It was by like 85. <laughs> wow. Um, I mean, I guess if I have to recommend, if I'm going to recommend a Western. Cowboys and Aliens, Paul. That's what you're going to recommend. No, I was going to go with Briscoe County Jr. I, I would second that. I 100% uh, go with Briscoe. Uh, if you can track down the, the one season of Briscoe County Jr., do it. Oh, That's I have it on. fun, fun show. I got it on DVD. My wife tracked it down on eBay years ago. I've, I've nice. watched the whole thing multiple times. That show was amazing, and I am uh, that that and Firefly are the two biggest disappointments in television history. That they, they barely got one season out, and and thankfully Briscoe County has like thirty episodes, so you actually kind of see. Yep, yeah. and I believe the last four actually complete the story. They let them come back and do four more to finish it. But that was fantastic. But anyway, let's let's just end this this podcast um, in less time than this movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, thank you very much, Mister Bibbs, for for your donations. As always, you are con- a constant contributor uh, on Facebook, Twitter, and uh, to the podcast. And of course, the other uh, gentleman at at Terse Tale. This was this was your movie. There you uh, go. I, I hope you continue to uh, stick with us after our review. Uh, I really, when, when this gets posted, uh, Terstale, if you could do us a huge favors, go on Facebook and give us your review as to why this movie is so rad that we had to do this. I love to read your thoughts. Give us a rebuttal and we'll, we'll read it. Yes. Um, Yes, we will. As soon as we receive it, we'll put it on whatever the next episode. Just, just be warned. Paul and I tend to be about two or three episodes ahead of everything so by the time you write it it might not be you might we might not get to it for a couple of episodes but we will we will read it yeah we'll, we'll get it in don't worry about it um, we'll figure it out so uh facebook twitter instagram all the social medias uh, and that's it just so uh, you know um because we haven't really been giving the next movies yet because um, we keep kind of flipping around I will say the next movie is not Young Guns 2. We need a palate cleanser between, but we will be doing Young Guns 2 within the next couple episodes. So that should be fun, and uh, and that's it. I'm all set. How about you, sir? Uh, yeah, yeah. E- uh, email us if you have anything to tell us about this movie or any other movie we've done in the past, or you just want to give us suggestions or whatever. Uh, go ahead and email us at thiswasrad at gmail.com. Awesome. I am Paul. I am Greg. Bye-bye. Break the whirlwind, Sheriff Brady. Late Nate Dogg and Warren G had to regulate.